Hi, I'm Katie Eagles from the Investment Solutions Team here at Royal London, and welcome to our first edition of Fund Focus. The fund we're focusing on this month is the RLP Property Fund, and I'm joined by Gareth Dickinson, Head of Property at Royal London Asset Management. We're going to chat about where the fund is currently positioned, including looking at the current pressures the retail sector is under, how the fund takes account of ESG factors, and the sectors Gareth sees most value in for 2019. Gareth, the RLP Property Fund is now at just over $5 billion in assets. Can you give us a broad overview of where the fund is positioned and what the broader strategy is? Katie Shaw, um, I'd probably look at three main areas when looking at the how the fund is positioned. So we'd look at the sector weightings, uh, the regional weightings, and then also the type and the quality of assets within the portfolio. So if you look at the headline sector weightings, the fund is underweight to the retail sector. So it's just got uh, just under 29% uh, within of the fund is in the retail sector compared to 35% in the index. We are broadly in line with the office weighting and we are overweight to industrials uh, where we've got about 34% compared to 24% in the index. We are then slightly underweight in alternatives and the alternative sector includes uh, hotels, car showrooms and residential where we are just under 10% compared to 13% in the index. We're broadly happy with those positions. Um, this year, in terms of our buying requirements, we'd look to continue to buy industrials, offices, and alternatives as the key priorities. Um, but we also are looking at some selective retail assets um, where we think they create some value. In terms of the regional weighting for the portfolio, we are slightly behind the index in terms of our exposure to, the, to, to London and the southeast markets. So we are just shy of 50% compared to the index at 55%. And this is one area which we're looking to acquire and actively change um, asset exposure. So a lot of our investment, investment activity will be focused within, within that particular market. Lastly, when we look at quality of stock within the portfolio, that's a bit more difficult to put objective numbers around, but I would describe the portfolio as core to core plus with a focus at the primer end of the market. So the overall strategy is to continue with that approach when looking at asset types and, and to maintain the quality of the overall portfolio. The void rate is below the market average. Tell us a bit more about how you manage this. Sure. The, the current void level in the fund is um, just, just short of 6% compared to about 7% for the index. I think that is reflective of the quality of the portfolio. Uh, and the limited pipeline of speculative development. So whilst we do de believe in development, and that's both on a, on a pre-let basis, which is where effectively you have pre-let the scheme before you started development, or a speculative, speculative basis where you aim to let the scheme either during or, or just after completion, um, that, that development has to be based on the right um, risk return considerations. The void rate is also a good indication of the quality of tenants within the portfolio. And we've managed to maintain a low void rate despite the recent spate of retail CVAs. And again, that is partly a reflection of our lower retail, retail weighting compared to the index. In terms of um, one of the key strengths of the team is that we are sector focused. And by that, I mean we have specialist teams who are, who are responsible for the asset management of the properties within the four main asset types. So retail, office, industrial and alternatives. 
And these teams are responsible for the day-to-day activity of, 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 on these properties and will consider le- appropriate letting strategies where, where we do have vacancies and will choose the most appropriate letting agent um, within that particular market. These sector teams then maintain sort of active involvement in that marketing and letting process, getting tenants on board as quickly as possible. Great, Gareth. We've seen the retail sector come under pressure as shopping habits change. How do you position the fund for this? I think the first point to make is that this pressure is not a new phenomenon. Um, The retail sector has been under pressure for some time now. This is one of the reasons why we are positioned to be underweight um, and why most of the buying over the last two years or so has been concentrated on the other sectors. I think there's also a need to look behind the headlines in the retail market and look at the component parts, as not all sections or not all sub-markets have been performing in the same way. So, for example, food supermarkets have actually been performing very well, um, and still there's still strong um, investor appetite for those, for those assets. But shopping centres certainly have been hit very hard. Our exposure to shopping centres is actually very small. Uh, We have some exposure to the Blue Water Shopping Centre in Kent, which is probably one of the best shopping centres in the the country with with a great critical mass. It's got a very wide catchment area and a great tenant mix. And then we also hold one other small shopping centre with a value of of less than £15 million, um, which is in the West Midlands. The two other shopping centres which we had exposure to, we sold off in the last two years. So... We have positioned the portfolio to be underweight in in retail. Um, We still believe retail has a place and a role to play in property portfolios. However, we remain sort of really focused on core locations and core retail parks where we believe we can actively manage the assets to enhance the customer and retail experience. So we're looking, for example, at trying to increase dwell time um, by improving things like the food uh, food and drink offering on site but also we're just about to start rolling rolling out a program of introducing EV charging points at a number of our parks. And that also fits with our wider ESG strategy. In terms of ESG, now ESG issues are increasingly important from an investor viewpoint. And how do you take account of ESG factors within the fund? ESG can probably best be broken down in property terms into sort of probably three main areas. What do we do with the existing stock that we own? How do we approach new purchases? And how do we manage developments and refurbishments? So we break it down into those three areas. So on the existing stock, we work very closely with our external managing agents, and we look at things like energy, waste, and water usage, and we have certain recycling targets in place um, for for that element of the portfolio. On new purchases, We undertake thorough ESG checks on issues such as the EPC rating, which is Energy Performance Certificate Ratings. We have a review of the historic uses of the site, and we also consider flood risk. For offices in particular, we also undertake an energy audit or energy report, so we have a detailed understanding of how, how energy efficient those buildings are. And the last element is on developments. So on developments, we have a number of ESG policies, which our consultants and contractors will sign up to at the start of a project, which set out our key requirements and targets. We also then produce an annual statement of achievement, looking at whether we have hit our key targets. 
And then on the broader front, we also contribute to the UNPRI and GRESBY surveys as well. Great. Now, finally, which sectors do you see most value in for 2019? As I've already mentioned, one of our key strengths is that we are sector focused. So we have specialist sector teams who are sort of living and breathing each sector on a daily basis. They really understand their markets and what's happening within them. We therefore tap into this knowledge and experience when looking to purchase new assets. It's really the job of the sector teams to, to, to seek suitable investment opportunities for the fund um, within the, with the framework of the wider fund strategy, which covers things like the sector and the regional weightings, preferred lot size of, of assets, lease profile and, and ESG requirements. Therefore, we are still buying assets within the main sectors where we believe we can find properties which will outperform whilst maintaining our buying discipline in terms of the quality of assets and the quality of locations. The focus undoubtedly will be towards industrial office and alternatives, but we also think there may be some retail opportunities as pricing adjusts to the new market conditions. Looking at that in a little more, looking at that in a little more detail, um, we like industrials because we are still seeing rental growth, um, although it is a little more subdued, and we still believe we can increase rents via, via active management. The sector also has some attractive structural attributes in terms of good supply and demand dynamics, especially as we've lost quite a lot of industrial land and building to alternative uses, in particular residential. Um, and we also have the benefits created by this the new phenomenon of, of the last mile delivery and the demand for new space that creates. For offices in the core cities and core locations, we also like the supply and demand dynamics, with most markets seeing fairly constrained new development, and we also believe rents can move forward in certain locations. And then lastly, when we look at the alternative sector, we still believe that offers attractive, opposition, uh, attractive opportunities as it offers good long leases, that generally let, wet, uh, let to, to strong tenants and with the added benefits of rent reviews which are linked to RPI or CPI. So that's where we are uh, uh, um, looking to deploy most of our capital going forward. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Gareth, and thanks for listening.